0: Welcome to Behind the Flag Podcast, sponsored by Get It Right Enterprises. Come on, join the crew and take the field during Friday Night Lights. We will learn from experienced guest presenters and mentors that will help you become a better football official, providing the tools to put you in the correct position to make the right call. Raise your officiating knowledge and strive to become the best football official and expert in National Federation High School rules. Learn the art of film breakdown, mechanics, and philosophies. You know, every year we have an entire off season to get prepared, but in season, you only have one chance to get it right. All
1: right, we're back uh, again. Football time, fall. Too bad it's not full-time <laughs> games around the state of New Mexico, but hopefully other states are up and up and at them.
2: Yeah, so we've been away uh, for a couple months. We took a little break, um, but we have a new program for the winter because the holidays are coming up. Um, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and we're gonna pre-record about twelve or thirteen of these. Uh, podcast webinars for the officials to listen during their downtime because, you know, we don't have high school football going on in New Mexico right now. So every Saturday, look for a new podcast to be sent to you either by um, our webinars, our podcast, or by uh, your email. And just so you know, we have uh, some of the lineup already in, in the process of being recorded, um, we're going to start off with officiating mindset because uh, I believe that, you know, you train your mind and your body will follow. follow. Uh, we have a couple of great guys that will um, talk to us tonight about yeah. officiating, uh, getting your mind straight. With that, we'll go with uh, force, you know, uh, the impetus of the ball over the goal line, over the end line, who is responsible, umpire mechanics, targeting, Officiating fitness, uh, the ball status, um, and staying on the field, you know, injury-free. Um, like I said, prepare your mind and your body will follow. So, with that... You we're kicking it off on a high note here. Though. Yep. With that, um, we have Mr. Brandon Cruz, the referee, Big 12, and Daniel Young, uh, back judge with the Big 12. And... I think we'll start with uh, with the boss, the back the back judge, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, I'll, hey, I'll, I'll take it. Well played,
1: hey guys. So, so tell, tell us a little bit about your uh, what you guys got going on right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll start, and then um, Brandon jump in. But but you know this this situation that we all find ourselves in and man, just God bless New Mexico and those guys that aren't able to work football. I know they're missing it. Uh, but we just, we felt for a long time that we wanted to be a part of of some kind of mechanism uh, uh, to develop officials and train officials. That's something that we're passionate about. We're clearly passionate about officiating football, but you know, trying to help people get better is really dear to our hearts. And so when all of this started and spring football started shutting down, we just got together with a couple of really close friends of ours and thought, man, has there ever been a better time for us to try to step into this space and, and fill this void to uh, give people access to training while the rest of the country is shutting down? And then, by the way, we also had a little bit of extra time on our hands, unfortunately. And so we started developing some, some virtual clinics. Um, on a pretty regular basis, really with no plan or, or blueprint, we just wanted to get together and talk football and we called it virus virtual clinic. And then Brandon said, you know what? That's probably not the best name. Why don't we call it virus free virtual clinic? Um, so we did that through the spring and the summer and just had the best time and, um, an incredible response from the audience that was just a little bit overwhelming. I don't think we anticipated it. <clears throat> And so we, we just felt compelled to keep it going. So we transitioned, kind of rebranded a little bit ourselves into, into pure officiating. Um, and really, we've just been doing the same thing. And I'm, I'm going to pass it over to Brandon so he can talk a little bit about it. But just trying to provide guys with a, a, a mechanism in this weird time to continue to improve something that they care a lot about. Yeah, so I think, thanks for having us on. This is a lot of fun. Ken and Dennis really appreciate it. Um, it was interesting about it though. We, we talked, Daniel talked about wanting to get in the training space. It was funny because we first had to learn how to put on a online webinar based training clinic. And it's like, you know, so we had to acquire new skills of our own to be able to do that. So that was a lot of fun. And again, forced by all this pandemic stuff, which has just been, Devastating in many different ways uh, to all of us, but I guess one silver lining that we've all been able to achieve out of this is maybe learning some new skills, getting uh, able to connect with people in different ways, and and hopefully you know we'll find at least in the officiating world, some people I've talked to feel like they're more prepared, whenever their next football game is, whenever that is, they're more prepared to go work football you know, now more than ever and not, not due to what we did, but just because there's been such a push for, for, you know, more and more online training. So, so basically that, that we wanted to play in that space because it, it, it sounded fun and my gang is that we didn't have much to do, but, um, you know, that's what peer officiating is all about. Just a little bit of a different spin, I would say on, uh, the traditional, you know, training of football officiating, breaking down plays, uh, we're really situational, we're really process-oriented, don't care so much about is it holding, is it not, because you can get that anywhere. But we really like to look at the process and more of the intricacies of, of how we get to the end result.
2: Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we were in the same boat um, as everybody else in New Mexico, and Ken and I was just like, man, we got to do something because we are supposed to be on the field last Friday at a scrimmage, and we're not. And it doesn't look like we're going any anywhere near a football field in the near future. So, uh, you know, we're in the same boat as you. To going, how can we? How can we still be involved in football and to to learn the the whole online learning, um, breaking down film, and how to get that information out to the high school officials was a learning curve in itself, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. a great
0: point.
1: Could you, could you guys give the audience uh, your exact website, how to, how to get to pure officiating and how, talk a little bit about, you know, is is this the proper tool for a high school uh, football official as well as college?
0: Yeah, I'll let Daniel take the last part of that. (laughs) I think, um, so the access point is, www.peerofficiating.com. I think it's in its very much in its infancy. Um, Daniel, what, what do you think in terms of who who is the uh, intended audience? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I think probably goes to, you know, Ken and Dennis, what we're here to talk about tonight speaks to that a little bit, because like Brandon said, the, the focus, um, you know, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to spin it like it's just, um, just incredibly over the top, innovative, like you know, experience. But, but, it is a different approach we believe, and, and because of that, we're really focused on that that process piece that Brandon mentioned, and so that kind of approach to development and training really speaks to any level of official. You know, you get on a peer officiating virtual study group, we're going to talk about some high-level officiating competencies for sure because the conversation between us is very organic. But we're also going to talk about things that any official who's stepping onto a field for their first varsity game of their career can take and immediately apply because it's really focused again on not this result of is it or isn't it but rather how can you as a new official get to the place where you're able to make that determination so we're talking about like physically where's a good position for us to be how much movement is appropriate in this kind of play and then more importantly where are we looking at a given point in a play and is it the appropriate play place for us to be looking. And I think the other thing that's really appealing to the approach, and I think that will speak to, to newer high school officials that are still learning this thing, which by the way, we all are, right. We're all just practitioners here. Um, is that it's a very honest and transparent approach. (laughs) Look, We've all made tons of mistakes and you're going to get to see some of those mistakes that we've made on peer officiating. Um, so we're not, we're not out here, uh, preaching from a pulpit, but rather we're just kind of grassroots with the guys that are joining us and talking about our experiences and and how we can just grow the officiating community in general. So great question. Yeah. I think, I think, um, high school officials, even, even officials who are just getting into it could find a lot of value. And and I just want to add real quick that, you know, now you see why I asked Daniel to speak. He's so well spoken. And the only thing I would like to add is I think organic is a really good word that he used. When we get on there, we talk about plays, this is what we've been doing for what Daniel now, 20, shoot, seven years since we've known each other, since we got in the same team. Sure. Yep. I mean we find a play, usually it was ours, <laughs> and we break it down. <laughs> in fact, our preparation for these sessions, I mean we prepare a lot individually, but I think it's almost intentional in a way where we don't like get on and do a practice session because then the conversation isn't real it almost would become more scripted. So we pick out plays, you know, we, we sure we share ideas, but we really don't get on and say like, Hey, you say this at this time and I'll say this at that time. It's more just, I guess, improv style where, you know, Daniel's going to break down a play and I might have a, a, a thought on that to bounce up against him and he's oh, telling yeah, that's great. And then somebody else might come in and then the audience can engage and we just I don't know. It's, it's a lot of fun as you guys already know, but it, you know, it, it's worked out great and, and just really appreciate the opportunity to discuss kind of the process of these sessions
1: more.
2: Yeah. And, and, and I've been on quite a few of your, um, your training sessions, uh, both, uh, pure officiating and the virtual virus free. Um, you know, I like them better when they're free, but, 25 bucks a month is well worth money spent back put back into your, yourself so trust wow. me, that's the best five bucks he spends every month yeah that's the best 25 bucks I spent every month so, so um I, I think I think it's well worth the, your the money spent to to invest back in yourself so with that um you know we all had a a story and how we got to you know the co- collegiate level you know if each of you can just briefly tell us you know how you started in football um. You know, we all started. You know, calling Yaffle or Pop Warner somewhere, or even uh, middle school games. So um, I think, I, I no, I think Brandon probably just went straight to the Big Twelve. <laughs> I think so. I uh, think he did too. <laughs> I think
0: you're right. That, that that's the story. But as as, as we all know, I mean, that's guess what we want to happen. It just doesn't happen that way. Um, I worked I, I worked a lot of years of high school football. I worked a lot of years of NAIA and, and you know, what is now the teams that I was working back then are now D2. I worked like, I think I worked five or six years of small college football, um, which was great. I mean, great learning ground, made tons of mistakes and of course still, still make those mistakes. Uh, but you know, I guess my break or, or whatever you want to call it really came uh, when I just, you know, for whatever reason, I decided that it would be cool to go to, to, to these camps. And I think I'm, I'm a bit of a product of these camps uh, that really kind of took hold late, you know, 2000s, early 20 teens, if, if, that's, if that's the right way to say that. Um, I was really, really fortunate. I, I went to some of these camps, got to know a lot of great people, you know, and it worked for me. But I'd like to think that i I think we'll talk a little bit about, you know, just having a growth mindset on, based on what happens. I would like to think that I basically uh, prepared myself and um, obviously would never claim to know it all now, then, anytime, because it's just a continuously learning, continuous learning process. But um, I think I was a product of the camps. And then after that, uh, it, it was a pretty fast, admittedly, and very fortunately a pretty fast, uh, whatever you want to call it into the big 12. What about you? Daniel? Yeah. Um, Look li- a little bit similar. Did, I, did I, are you guys there?
2: Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're, we're listening. Okay.
0: So sorry. I lost the background and it threw me off a little bit. I apologize.
1: No problem.
0: So yeah, a little bit, a lot of similarities. I, I started officiating in 2004. I was um, playing football at a division three school in central Texas. Um, and just wasn't any good at all Um, and so rather than uh, after a couple of years I felt like the best move for me was to do something that would at least put a little money in my pocket I mean I was really fortunate my dad started officiating high school football uh, when I was a kid and so I thought you know that would be a whole lot more fun getting to be involved in a game that that I care a lot about than working you know I don't know at a construction or, or waiting tables. So I started doing that and working peewees. Sometimes I would come home. I I live in the Houston area from the Houston area would work peewees on the weekends and work some varsity in central Texas all week long. Um, so really it just started as a way to, to have a little bit of, um, what you could call employment as a college student and do it, doing something that I thought was fun. And I just, uh, so really, really just fell in love with, it. I've been, I would say that I've been with football my whole life. Um, but officiating came in, in during that time and just had a passion for it. Moved back to Houston after a couple of years and was fortunate to be around um, a lot of men who, who were invested in me as, a, as an official and, and um, taught me a whole lot of stuff. And I just really grew during that time, got to the opportunity thanks to, to Mr. Bud Alexander um, to work some small college division three, which we don't have a lot of those in Texas, but was able to do that. Um, and, and work some division three and two stuff for, I think, similar to Brandon about four or five years, uh, maybe six. Um, and then the same process started going to the camps, really looking for a way just to, to improve and get better and be around like-minded individuals and I also met some really good people who were, again, invested in my success and, and things went well for me there. Came to the Southland Conference, and, and which is part of our CFO West program. I believe that was 2012. Um, worked at one game my first year and then and then worked a kind of a full season the next year. And then in 2014, Brandon and I were put on a crew together in the Mountain West Conference and just, man had such a cool experience learning and growing together. I probably had more growing to do than he did, but, but we developed as a crew, had a lot of new guys to division one football on that crew and, and had just a blast um, and worked two really fun years together and then moved into the big 12 together. And we're fortunate enough to work a couple more years together uh, there also. Um, so that, that was my journey.
2: Yeah. And I think you said, something very important there on the journey is um, meeting the right people um, that invested their time in you, which, you know, I I expect, I understand that's probably a really good mentor, more than one mentor that got you where you were at, because you can't. Uh, I assume you can't do that by yourself, get to the big 12. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point, Dennis, but um,
0: I would, you know, kind of frame the context around that mentorship is just, and developing relationships. I think sometimes we look for mentors and it's really well intended, um, but maybe our motivation isn't always um, in the right place or maybe, maybe a better way to say it is our focus isn't on the right thing. Whereas when you're focused on just developing relationships with men and, and, and improving kind of your craft as an official, I think there's just, like you said, tremendous immeasurable value in that your growth as an official. And then, you know, kind of those, those connections part tend to take care of themselves. And, and where I, where I've seen officials maybe kind of take a misstep there because everything in this process is a little bit delicate. Is that when we, we invest in kind of that process, uh, I don't want to say disingenuously, but maybe we're just doing it with the wrong focus or motivation. I hope that's coming through clearly. Um,
2: yeah, But, and-
0: but yeah, and I think when you do it, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Dennis. Oh, I, I was gonna say, and I think, um, you know, there was an official that told us on a podcast um, back in the spring that exactly to your point is not just the relationship, but to have the correct relationship with the correct official um, mentor. Um, and he defined a mentor to us as saying that that official um, has to be willing to teach an, another official or group of officials to someday take his job. And if you're not willing to to teach that younger official to take your job one day, then you're not doing that official any good, any service. Um, as far yeah. as, as far as being 100% into helping develop that younger official. And if that's not your intent, because, you know, we all can't stay on the field forever. And so that's, that was his mindset. And so, um, as far as um, what kind of mentor he wants to be.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. That's a that's a really cool approach because there's some folks that will be the diametric opposite and don't, <laughs> you know, actively not want to mentor for that very reason. Um, I think it was Zig Ziglar used to talk about a, a, a great, I'm sure you guys have heard of motivational speaker about, you know, just help people become what they want to be. And there's a lot of uh, uh, fulfillment in that, you know, totally absent of the officiating perspective. So, yeah. So, well, Dan, Daniel, when you talk about the different, you know, two different mindsets, fixed and growth, we want to categorize that. That is one aspect in officiating that we see, right? The fixed mindset, you know, this person is is maybe sure you, you're talking about maybe a clinician at a you know at a clinic or a trainer somewhere, but are they really invested in the growth? of the people looking up to them and and we've seen i think both uh types of trainers and and i just thought maybe that was a really good segue into fixed versus growth mindset that we kind of talk about
2: yeah uh, are you there daniel yeah 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 i'm good sorry are you waiting for me
1: yeah no it was a perfect segue into uh uh, officiating mindset, like our topic was tonight—the um, growth mindset versus a fixed mindset—or
2: yeah. was that Brandon saying that? Yeah, that was Brandon. But okay.
0: but we can we can definitely pick up right there. Okay. Yeah, I think. Um, well, and just uh, we'll we'll close with the mentor talk because I, I, I think Dennis made a good point. There's just tremendous value in that from a growth perspective. But I think Brandon and I could probably spend the rest of our time together just listing names of guys that. You know, whether or not there was like what you would call an official mentor relationship, but just contributed to um, our body of knowledge and our growth as officials. Because <clears throat> here's what happens, and I think this is really critical, um, Dennis and Ken, when we start talking about high school officials um, and, and we start framing what we're trying to accomplish. Because it's, it's easy to get so focused on what's next for us in terms of, you know, officiating that the next level or officiating the next big game or getting the next postseason assignment. And, And inherently I don't think there's anything wrong with those things, right? There's, there's value in having ambition and wanting to, to take the next step. But when that becomes your end goal, you really put yourself into a fixed mindset. And so if I could just real quick clarify the difference and it's pretty intuitive, right? When we think about growth mindset, it's simply that, We frame the things that we do or don't do in terms of improving our craft, and this can apply to a lot of things. It can apply to to physical, uh, you know, fitness. It can apply to learning, and obviously, we're talking about officiating, um, but it can also apply to personal aspects like personality and behavior and that kind of thing. It's real simple, you know. The growth mindset is about just improving, and that's where the focus is. And the fixed mindset is about, well, this is my ability, this is what I've been given, and it is what it is, right? So terms like he's a natural, right? Well, we say that a lot, but when you analyze that, you're really saying, you're really demonstrating a fixed mindset because it's in either you have it or you don't. And so I got really interested in this work, probably probably right around the time Brandon and I got on a crew together in 2014, really from a professional perspective, I work in education and I thought there was a lot of value for kids. Um, but I became a little bit obsessed with it. And it's, it comes from um, a book written by Dr. Carol Dweck, the new mindset, the new psychology of success would plug that um, all day anywhere. (laughs) Just an awesome, awesome read. And I just learned so much from her approach and and listen, there's a ton of research and data that supports this idea, but here, here it is. Um, the way that we believe about a certain competency. And again, it can be anything, but just for officiating, it's going to inform the behaviors around that thing. And for us, it's officiating. So if I'm focused solely on what's next for me from a, from a promotion perspective, that's going to inform the way I interact with a lot of the things that dictate how I officiate. And the same thing is if I'm, if I'm driven by just improvement, if that's my ultimate goal, that's really how we just kind of think about categorizing the growth mindset. If that's my goal, then that's going to inform a lot of the behaviors that I have around officiating. And and I'll I'll cut to the chase. (laughs) The short version is those, those behaviors that you engage in from rule study to accepting criticism, right? That's a big one to the kind of effort that you put into it, to the way you feel about other people achieving, all of those behaviors are better for you when they're framed through a growth context and they're detrimental to you, to your, to your, to your end product when they're framed through a fixed mindset. So listen, we're not sitting here saying that the results don't matter. We're saying that if you focus on the process, your results will be better. Does that, does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, when you say that it takes me back to, okay, I went through this process on the field. Why did I still miss that? That, uh, that fell. Why did I miss that? What, what happened? Why did I miss that hold or that DPI? Um, when you go back back and watch it on film, you're let, like, where was I, where was I looking? What was I doing wrong? And why did I have a fixed mindset and, and what can I do to, to get it right next time?
0: Let, let, let me, Daniel will be expert. He'll be able to expertly, um, wrap this up, but let me just say this, just because we quote unquote miss something, um, doesn't mean we automatically kind of go back and have a fixed mindset. It really, so what we're doing here is what we're saying is the mindset is not so much, um, it's more about what we do with what happened to us. Okay. And so if we have a growth mindset, yeah, we want to learn from it. And look, this can be a positive result, by the way. Maybe we just nailed a play. Let's go back. Let's break that down just as much because it's like, did I just get lucky or was I really good? Let's figure out all the different process elements that went into us nailing that play, getting it correct. You know, we looked at, we transitioned to the right place at the, on the field, the right block at the right time based on the play, whatever it was. So this doesn't have to be a completely negative conversation. And, and again, you know, just because we miss something doesn't mean we automatically have a fixed mindset. Now it's about how do we respond to that miss or how do we respond to, to really a successful result to make sure that we learn from it from the standpoint of repeating that successful result over and over again. And if we have a maybe not so successful result, you know, what can we learn from the process elements that led to that result so that next time when that happens to us, we're just better off. Uh, yep.
2: Yeah. yeah I, 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 I understand what what you're talking about. So yeah, I, that, I mean, you really cleared up, you know, not only the negative, but the positive and, you know, muscle memory, you know, um, transitioning, I guess, um, is what I'm hearing. And, you know, understanding the process in full for, for both ends of the spectrum.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think Dennis also, and this is, this is Brandon's disclaimer and I, I, we got to mention it because it's really important for folks to understand this point. You know, when I've been around Brandon, when he uh, misses a call, not not when the grade comes in, when we're looking at something together and he knows he missed something. Uh, he's not super pleasant in that moment. And I would submit that I'm not either. <laughs> right. That's not a good feeling. And so the point I'm trying to make in that is this, this isn't some, um, again, us on a pulpit preaching. This idea of fixed mindset and growth mindset is very fluid. And we've moved back and forth in these spaces, depending on the circumstances and what's going on, where we are emotionally. And so we recognize what, what, what we've tried to accomplish and grow in is to be able to recognize when we're in that fixed mindset and move ourselves out of it because it's not pleasant. When you, when you made a mistake, like we're there to, to, to kind of we're the keepers of the game and that's an awesome responsibility that we take really seriously. So it doesn't feel good when we recognize that we did something um, that wasn't beneficial to the game. The trick is, like Brandon said, being willing to engage in this process that says, okay, but why? Where was I standing? What was I looking at now? Because if I just focus on the fact that I miss it, I miss the opportunity to grow and improve my track. The same exact thing like Brandon said applies to a good play, right? We officiated it well, but if we just stop there, if we just pat, if I just pat myself on the back, man, I nailed that DPI okay, but let's look at all of the things that happened from the time the ball was snapped to the time that I made a decision and see, first of all, what was good so I can continue to replicate those things, but also be willing to say what wasn't so good and maybe I was just really fortunate in this case and what do I need to do better? And, and then guys, the only way to really, I think, do this well because it's hard. And yeah, I'm maybe not the most pleasant person when I really, you know, start to start the evaluation process and I find those four, five, six, unfortunately, sometimes fifteen mistakes that I make every single game on whatever scale that is. But the only way to do this well is to detach ourselves, meaning our identity from the result. Whatever we can do, and, and this doesn't apply to officiating only. This we all have to. I think I, I try to work on this every day. Fail, fail miserably, fall completely short. But we have to detach ourselves from the result. All right, and this applies to a good result and a bad result. So, okay, uh, you got a great championship game or a playoff assignment or whatever. Now, if you let that define yourself as who you are as a football official, that's risky. Like, that's a risky thing to do, right? On the other side of it, you and why is it risky? Because now you can let complacency in, you got a false sense of, you just go out, you don't really concentrate. Look, I got this assignment, that's who I am as an official. That's risky. Complacency is our enemy. On the other side of it, if you just def- let you know, a a not so good result, a missed call, uh, whatever the situation would be. If you let that define, define your identity as an official, well, that is just, I mean, that is just really a very fixed way to think or, or even worse, we get back to some trainers, mentors, or peer officials. A lot of those folks will define others by one quote unquote blown call. That's not where we want to be as from a growth mindset perspective. So the growth mindset says, I'm going to use that as an opportunity to improve. I'm going to learn, I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to break down the elements. What was the process elements, whatever, and I'm going to improve. Fixed mindset from yourself. Oh, I'm just, that's just who I am. I blew that call. You know, maybe some four letter words thrown in there or look at that official who blew that call. He's awful. Well, that's not true, right? It's one call. It's one play out of tens of thousands, you know, and we would never want to let these results, good or bad, define us and become our identity as who we are as officials, professionals, family people, or whatever. And so I think Ken and Dennis, for for your audience, for, for the high school officials that are trying to navigate this new thing um, that they probably started and most of them probably found out they loved it real quick. because How could you not? Both from a, a advancement perspective or, and just an improvement perspective, the, the best way to improve your efficiency. listen, you got to study rules and, and watch film and we could go into that all night about those process things. But the, the, the most significant advice, and, and I get this question, Uh, but but the most significant advice I would give those guys is work on identifying those areas where a fixed mindset creeps into your officiating and then identify those areas where you've really tried to work to establish a growth mindset and try to foster that and spread that to all those areas. Because if, if that one thing starts to grow into other areas of your officiating, everything's going to improve. Like it's, it's, and it's not, and it's not, a, I always try to say it's not a magic bullet, right? We're not saying you do this and then you're just super ref. We're saying that in terms of maximizing your potential as an official, this is the best way to do it because you're going to grow all the different competencies. Whereas if you stay in that fixed mindset, you may have some, some skill because not, not everybody starts in the same place, right? Not, not, not everybody, Um, I can work really, really hard and adopt a growth mindset right now and just train my tail off and have a really good approach. I probably won't get to a place where I can run a 10-5 open hundred, right? Because some people are just born a little differently, but it's about maximizing your own potential. So for those officials, those high school officials are able to identify and adopt that growth mindset will increase all of these competencies and are, and I really truly believe, very convicted in fact, otherwise we probably wouldn't be talking. Um, that that's gonna make them the best officials that they can be.
2: Yeah, and so um, you know, I, I have I have a couple notes here that I you know were writing down as you, you were talking. Um one of them that stood out when you said um I guess I was relating it to, to setting some goals on, on how to get into that growth mindset and, and and I guess the level of effort uh, to stay there and to actually transition from fixed uh, mindset to a growth mindset.
1: And, And I'm here thinking about, you know, in my own game and how, you know, it's important to know mechanics. It's important to know rules this is gold. This is, you know, we've done what 30 some podcasts and webinars and all this stuff. I I can't tell you how much uh, I I've got to dig more into this subject. I've got to get that book that you, if you'll give us the title one more time, this is, this is good Ah, stuff. I've got to dig in deeper. I'm totally on board.
0: That's really cool. Ken. I, I appreciate that. I know Brandon does too. And, 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 but the the, the caveat for us doesn't really have anything to do with us. We're just kind of adopting approach that we believe in and that, that we feel like has worked for us. So the book is, uh, mindset, the new psychology of success. And it was written by Carol Dweck. That's D W E C K. Um, and this, her, her stuff has grown legs into a lot of different spaces, education, business. Um, you can find some of her, you know, Ted talks and different stuff on YouTube, but, um, that's really
2: cool to hear. Yeah, and so um, I guess with with that and, you know, one of the things I was looking at, um, you know, also was we're all under some kind of criticism, whether it's self-criticism when we're looking at at um, our, vid- our own video or listening to the coach gallowed us on the field that we just screwed them out of six points because we missed a call. <laughs> you know how how do you overcome? You know something like that with 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 you know getting yourself out of that. Oh, crud! You know I just messed this one up.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I'm gonna let Brandon start with that because Brandon was really helpful to me as a as a new Division One official to to how to kind of process and digest criticism yeah yeah thanks thanks for passing that over to me now I I do appreciate that it it is certainly a challenge that that none of us will be perfect at just like working the game you know I mean how many different elements to a play are there at each of our positions and we never we're never perfect we're never perfect with dealing with um, criticism during the game after the game or, or whatever. I mean, you know, my toughest evaluator, quite frankly, is my wife, you know, when she watches right. my True. games and says, um, and, and she's, she's always right. I, also. Well, well I, growth mindset. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were you doing on that announcement? Well, okay. <laughs> so, so the, so one of, one of the techniques, if I can speak kind of humorously is, the the feedback from the coach during the game is going to pale in comparison to the feedback from my wife after the game. No, but, but it it, it, speaks of preparation. I think, look, if we understand what we're doing on the field, which is, which is administering a game uh, played, I don't care what level it is, high school, small college, you know, major college, whatever played by athletes that have prepared themselves, you know, for not just this week, but, but years of their lives to perform, then, then we know what challenges that, that provides. And we also know, by the way, that the coaches on one side of the field and the coaches on the other side of the field each see the exact same action we're seeing through a set of very, um, you know, biased, you know, lens, right? In fact, if there's a spectrum of bias, they're, they're obviously on the opposite ends of that spectrum. And hopefully we're right in the middle. And they just inherent in that is going to be, you know, conflict on when there's decisions on things that aren't maybe so obvious, whether that be player actions or rules-based decisions. And so to me, I just think it's empathy. You know, the word empathy I think is strong in, in, in trying to work through these challenges because we understand why they're upset. Um, sometimes they have a very legitimate point. And it's not for me in the moment, if I can, if I can perform the way I want to perform, it's not, my goal in the moment is not to show the coach how much I know or how wrong he, I think he is. And I don't care that he's showing me how wrong he thinks I am. Because again, it goes back to empathy, understanding what is the coach's goal to win the football game? You know, and it doesn't matter what the level is. Their goal is to win. And apparently, <laughs> obviously there's times where we are somewhat of an obstacle in their way of winning based on, you know, their perceptions or which, which very quickly become their reality. And so if I'm just empathetic to, to what their goal is, I understand where, where they're coming from. Then it allows me to work through those, um, situations guys in, in maybe a more composed manner. And I think the more composure we keep, you know, Daniel, I think that we have a much more chance to work through those in more of a productive way. That's that's better for the game. Yeah, and 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 I'll ask a rhetorical question and then I'll answer it. But Brandon, have you ever had a coach give you some criticism and at some point you went back and thought, you know what, that's that's pretty that's that's pretty good. He's not he's not too too far off. Maybe about um, maybe about how we could communicate with him better. You know, and, and my point in that is because the answer is yes, we have had those instances where a coach said something or that criticism came from somewhere and maybe didn't receive it super well at the moment. Um, hopefully we did, but, but maybe not, but at some point thought, you know what, that's not a bad idea. And so the point is that the, the fixed mindset, when the fixed mindset receives criticism and we can think about it through the evaluative process for us officials, it, it's, like Brandon mentioned earlier, it defines you in the fixed mindset. It says, this is what you do. Well, that's not a good feeling if it's negative. So the fixed mindset shuts that off and doesn't get anything out of that at all. But remember the growth mindset is all about improvement, right? So if I'm receiving criticism and I don't engage in it, if I'm not willing to listen to it, to digest it, to dig into it, then there's the potential for me to miss something that could help me grow. And that's where the growth mindset comes into how it interacts with criticism. If we're not willing, like Brandon said, to be empathetic and understand where that's coming from, there's the potential that we're going to miss something really valuable in there. Um, And so that's a really, really big piece of this whole thing.
2: Yeah I, I agree and I think you said something important about um and you you kind of referred to it as as we all want to be successful and we all want to be able to overcome you know these criticisms and all these other adversities that we face on and off the field you know preparing ourselves to officiate um you know whether it's our personal life because we have to make sure our personal life is straight before we could go and, and officiate because you, you know if, if you're not taking care of business at home you're not going to take care of business on the field your mi- your mind's going to be somewhere else and, and i think this is what um um you know my point is is how can you know we be successful and how can we help others become successful on our crew i guess that's a that's a open-ended question is is as far as um the growth mindset and, you know, maybe it's something to
0: do. I I gotcha. I think it's a great, great topic in terms of, it's just, it's just our behaviors, you know, and again, um, if we're honest with ourselves, fall short of this stuff, not every day, not every hour, like every minute, (laughs) I mean, you know, maybe not Daniel, he's pretty good, but um, look, we do. It's so easy to slip back into that fixed state of mind and just, you know, attach our identity to whatever, minor result we see throughout the day, whether that's, you know, not a, a not so good um, outcome at work, you know, whatever the metric is, it doesn't matter. Um, man, it's just so, it's just so easy to slip that into the fixed state of mind. So our behaviors, I think it's just like you said about being present, being empathetic and, and just un- understanding, you know, where am I at right now and, and how do I need to really, respond to this situation. Uh, so that I, so that personally, sure, I can get the most out of it from a learning and growth standpoint, but yeah, I think it's a great point Daniel, that, that, that we make there is how can we help us all as a group get the most out of it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you really hit it. It's about our behaviors and how, how can we live this out? Because you know, if you, if you go and let's just say to example a crew meeting and you start telling folks about how they're in a fixed mindset and they need to listen to you, and do what you tell them, uh, you know, that that's probably not going to be a great conversation. Certainly not a, pro- a productive one <laughs> if we're looking at it kind of from a, you know, pragmatic measurement. It's not going to get the end result is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so it's really just about trying to, to model that behavior, you know, and, and lead by example, I think is the easiest way to put it.
1: Great stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, you guys hit on, on a ton of topics. I mean, we could probably talk all week about this and and not even get near the end (laughs) of they'd get uh, sick of us so you know probably not but yeah yeah, so (laughs) um you know i think you know just having this um this topic this this officiating mindset topic at at the back of your mind um you know just have it conscious there and and whenever you have Mm -hmm. a chance to think about it going okay you know what I need, I need to learn. I need to, you know, just what were my goals? Um, how can I overcome this? And just, and just keep pushing forward because like you said, it, it's easy to fall back into that fixed mindset and just say, eh, screw, oh, yeah. screw it. It's easier to do this than, than to, to do that.
1: You guys have been great, man. Uh, uh, continued success to you guys and all your endeavors and your games and officiating and, and uh, teaching and, um and we Dennis and I can't honestly we we'll probably get more out of this than anybody else listening but we really really honestly appreciate you guys spending the time with us tonight okay and uh, you know
0: brandon can say his piece but I'll speak to him and say for him and say it's our pleasure we we appreciate so much both you and Dennis just uh having us on uh, appreciate the New Mexico officiating community will be rooting for you guys to get back on the field as As soon as it's safe and um, man, back at you, just all the success in the world. Really, really appreciate the opportunity just to talk with you guys for a little bit tonight.
2: Yeah. uh, You know, again, um, I want to thank you on behalf of uh, the New Mexico Officials Association um, and uh, Dana Pappas, which is the commissioner of the NMOA of, of football officials and all, and all officials in, in all 10 sports here in New Mexico. She's in charge of, you know, over 1700 officials. Um, you know, she, she knows we were talking to you guys tonight and, um, she can't wait to hear, uh, this topic. Um, she wished she could have been on, but, um, other, um, other things in her life, you know, family stuff, um, you know prevented her from from joining us but again Brandon Cruz referee Big 12 Daniel Young back Judge Big 12 um pure officiating you could contact them at uh, www i believe i got that right and officiating mindset it's, it's about the effort not the result growth mindset versus fixed mindset, Um, rewind and listen to this again if you didn't catch it the first time because I know there's a lot of information in here and we appreciate your time that you spent with us this week and we'll talk to you again next Saturday. Have a good week. Thanks, fellas. Good luck on the field. Thanks, guys.